It's time to get informed and inspired. This is Saturday Morning Live, sponsored by Asset Advisors, LLC, at Linden Sheet Metal on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. KGMI and the Cascade Radio Group receive financial compensation to present this program in its entirety. Opinions and information expressed are those of the host and or sponsors and do not necessarily reflect those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Good morning and welcome to Saturday Morning Live. It is so good to be back in the studio with you this morning and those of you that are visiting me on Facebook, if you'd rather, instead of listening you know, online or listening, I give you a couple options. So you can hop on Facebook, you can hashtag I am Becky with an I, and you'll find me, Becky Taylor. And chances are somebody might be that you know might be sharing it on their wall as well. And I encourage you to share the show because it's going to be an awesome show this morning. So again, glad to have you here if you're listening in. Um, online, in your car, and always excited to see my Facebook world. Good morning, everyone. So good to see y'all. So this morning, you know, last time I was on, uh, exactly one month ago, I had a, uh, a military nurse in the studio with me, and we really began the conversation of this fluoridation of water and why this is actually, we're finding out, not a good thing. And, but yet there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, conspiracy behind it all. And the story goes pretty far back and wide. So you could actually scroll back down on my wall if you kind of want to hear a little bit of the history. We're going to talk about that a little bit more today. And I did say we're, because in the studio with me today is Devin Crabtree. And Devin was an employee of an aluminum, aluminum smelter for 20 years. And then he would go on and work in a water industry many years you know, later. I don't know how for long, but he's going to tell us his story. And then this topic began to be of great interest to him as he also worked amongst a lot of toxic chemicals. So just a tiny bit of a, of a, of a backup to those of you that are watching and listening. Again, if you didn't hear the last show, you know, fluoride has only been in our water for 70 years now. And it actually came as a result, and I'm going to try to really keep this one brief, as a result of a dentist going out to, and I believe it was in Michigan, and then Devin might even tell part of the story because he actually knows it as well or better than I do. And I think, wasn't it in Arizona? There's that been a few cities they've done studies. They've done studies, and so there's been a few cities. And so because it was naturally occurring, these people that had naturally occurring fluoride in their water seemed to have better dental care. And so they took that, ran with it, and then they would turn this fluoride into something that they would create in alternative ways, I would say chemical ways, and then they began to sell it to our city water systems and put it in our water. And what that ingredient is actually called is hydrofluorosilic acid. And that is what is off, uh, it, it's a runoff of two different industries. One, it's off the aluminum smelter industry, and we're going to go into a little bit in the weeds about that. And then it's also a toxic runoff of the phosphate uh, mines that mine fertilizer. So just to give you another little background is that um, in PubMed, I was reading last night, that it's, it's banned in Europe. 
So why is hydrofluorosilic acid banned for use as a bio-add product? It was banned because the Spanish who wanted to sell it to Europe would not provide the EU with any data to demonstrate that this chemical was safe for humans or the environment. Hence, my segue into today, is this this waste product safe for humans and for our environment? And that's where I bring in Devin to talk about this morning of his experience personally and through working in this industry and then going on and working with the water. Devin, tell me a little bit about your story. So give us a little background of where your interest in this kind of all began. And then he's here to help educate. And that's the other thing I want to say. Sorry, Devin, I tell you to talk and then I talk. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a problem. Welcome to my world. (laughs) Um, But that, that... I love to educate you, the listener, you on Facebook. I'm, I'm really here to educate you. You're smart. You know how to look and research. And I'll tell you what, you can research as deep as you want. Internet is a little bit scrubbed as far as which direction you go with it. But I want to educate you on what this fluoride in the water is. And also, for those of you that live near me, you are very well aware right now that we are in a I would say maybe we call it a battle, to get fluoride out of Linden, Washington's water. It is the only city in our entire corner of the earth of Whatcom County that actually adds fluoride to their water. And so there's a a bunch of us, many business owners now, that are saying we want a choice. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later because you don't know yet, and you might want to find out in your city, does your city add this hydrofluorosilic acid? To its water as well. So, Devin, welcome. Hi. Let's talk about, I want to hear just a little bit about your work and what really got you interested in this. Um, I've spent the first 20 years of my career in the aluminum smelting industry, as you just stated. Um, the last 10 plus years, I've been in a water operator. Um, never was concerned about fluoride when I worked in the smelting industry. Uh, it was there. Um, People said it was poison. There was rumors of lawsuits uh, from the workers to uh, the surrounding community, farmers, uh, cattle, having their bones go soft, et cetera. Uh, but didn't really interest me while I worked there. Um, saw birds um, drunk on chemicals, uh, lost basically. Um, didn't think much of it at the time. Just knew that I worked around hazardous chemicals at the time. So it piqued my interest when I started in the water career because it was such a controversy. And I knew that I worked with it at the aluminum smelter. And um, based on the smelti- all smelting industries, they use cryolite to, for the flux. It, it uh, lowers the cost of producing any, anything, steel, aluminum, et cetera. And it's high in fluoride. Um, I actually was jackhammering it off uh, <laughs> The fr- at the start of my smelting career. Um, but after doing research and reading books and uh, in, in the water career, I realized that this is very toxic, very poisonous, and that it does affect the workers of smelting and the community. And it's, it's a poison. It, it was originally rat poison back in the day. Mm. Uh, but uh, it was interesting in reading about it, how it all came to be, um, how it was through the Mellon Institute, through through uh, different big industries, that it was uh, 
brought to become safe. They, they used it to, through the studies that you said, mm-hmm. um, through these communities with cleaner teeth, stronger teeth, that it, it um, used that to fight their lawsuits. So that, that to me is probably the greatest interest is that, that these companies, the big companies, and we were, we, we were able to, to have a little bit of a conversation. And this, is, this to me is, is kind of big news that you're, you are finding out and going down, you're kind of, you were able to kind of go down a rabbit hole of your own research and find out that, that the studies that were done back in the day to bring to the communities now first of all how long ago do you do, you, you know you have document how long ago according to what you've read were these studies put together um this goes back down to the early 1930s wow um okay it it affected big industries workers health back at the beginning um world war 2 kind of amped that up obviously with the war machine and all these smelters you know, cranking it up. Mm-hmm. But uh, the scientists back then knew that there was an issue with this fluoride. Um, and they realized that they were going to be in trouble if they didn't have some way to uh, dissipate those lawsuits. So. Okay. And to, to be honest, when I worked at the smelting industry, I heard about these lawsuits, uh, the recent ones um, through workers there and the farming community around my smelter. Mm-hmm but didn't pay much attention until I actually read the cases there. So. Wow. Okay. We're going we're gonna to pause, take a quick break, and we're going to be right back and continue with this conversation. This is Dick Donahue with Asset Advisors, and I'm sharing with you a very exciting announcement. I have made the decision to rejoin LPL Financial Services. I originally joined what was then Private Ledger in December of 1981 as one of about 300 representatives. I rejoin them now with over 21,000 representatives, over $1.3 trillion under management, and LPL is now part of the S&P 500 Index. In addition to discussing the latest financial news each week on Wealth Wake Up here on KGMI, I will share with you some of the reasons for this decision. Please join us at 11 a.m. each Saturday for our live Wealth Wake Up show or our 9 a.m. show on Sunday mornings here on KGMI. The opinions voiced in this show, program, podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable to you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. My daughter, she's six years old now, well, soon to be. She's, she's, she's a go-getter, man. She has a, she's a boss lady. I have her operating some of her little businesses, candy business, and she loves it. Daddy, daddy, um, let's go to work. Let's go see if we need to fill up the machines with candy and let's collect my money because I want to go to Disneyland. <laughs> Beautiful. I love the little girl. I like her heart. She'll come in and she'll offer lunch to the employees. And then she'll come to me and be like, hey, Dad, need your credit card. <laughs> you know what? It's something that I would do myself. So I have no problem. Here's the credit card, honey. Go buy the, the sales guy some lunch. And that's what she does. She comes in here and she pretends she owns the place. And matter of fact, she does. But it's fun. It's fun to see her develop her leadership at an early age. Xavier Cortez is the owner of Bellingham Nissan. Part of the Cortez Auto Group. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group.
break. We're glad to have you back with us. And thank you for that caller that asked a question specifically of what smelter this was. Um, and it, it is an aluminum smelter industry that uh, Devin worked for. So we were just about ready to go back into the 30s. And in the 30s is when all this development began. And remember, what was also in the 30s was World War II was, was mounting up. And so, the, so were the aluminum smelters. They were on the rise, on the increase, and they were delivering and creating all this toxic waste. So this is really where these studies began. And, and Devin, talk a minute about, we're going to, let's lay the foundation of how toxic this stuff is. And you talked about something which I, I had never heard of, the dead zone. Yeah, most uh, smelters would have a radius around them where uh, animals and vegetation would not survive. Um, it wasn't until years later that they uh, created what's called scrubbing systems. It's basically like a shampooer. Um, it removes the dust and everything from the air and captures it and knocks it out with water. Um, and then it's usually deposited into uh, toxic or hazardous waste sites. Um, as you know, not all of it is done. It's, it's Some of it is um, sold to cities and injected in water systems. So, it, so that's where this really began is, be, begun is because all this, this uh, scrubbing, which was fascinating to learn that how that's, that, that what the, the language of that, the scrubbing, how it's actually done where these are toxic waste particles yeah. that they have to go and put into water. And once they're in the water, then what, what happens with that water? What are they doing? Kind of boil it down a little more for, for us. For uh, my smelter, it was all put into a hazard waste site. Um, but with other industries like the fertilizer industry, obviously that it's being sold, uh, treated and sold to water systems for fluoridation. Um, from my knowledge, it's coming from Florida for right now. That's the major uh, fertilizer plants down there that are distributing it. So. And that's I had heard that because I saw a a video actually of a spill of that um, in Florida that some of their their water that was captured had spilled on pavement and it was eating like six, eight, it kept eating through the pavement, just ate it up. Well, back in the late 1800s, it was actually used to etch glass. Um, fluoride is highly corrosive in its uh, elemental state. Um, usually it attaches itself to sodium or carbon, and it neutralizes some of those effects, but mm -hmm. it doesn't decrease that fluoride is a highly toxic, uh, corrosive material. So. Now, do you think or do you know if that same material I don't believe, I, I don't believe that that's the same exact material that, is, that dentists are using to paint on our teeth. No, the, they'll take carbon and introduce it, and like I said, they'll bring it way down. Mm -hmm. um, even the water systems, obviously the parts per millions are super low, but mm -hmm. that doesn't take away from the effect that it is a poisonous or a toxic element. So. Yeah, and that's really, in, in, in this, these last two shows, that's, that's kind of the foundation of what we're trying to get at here is that no matter what their intention is for putting fluoride in the water, and I hate calling it fluoride, Devin, because it's hydrofluorosilic acid, you know? It's just, it kind of just grinds me to have to call it fluoride, 
But because that is such a happy, smiley word, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it kind of is that people are like, oh, it's just fluoride. I have a question, not for you, but I'm just going to pose it out to those of you to make you think. Because I just want to I want to make you guys think about this a little more de- deeply. And I want to talk more about the this the history of what kind of where these guys were going. But why if water was so good for as a resource to put fluoride for your teeth, why don't dentists just hand you a big cup of fluoride and, when you come to the dentist and say, drink it? Just drink that. Drink that cup of fluoride. Why do they, in fact, take the fluoride and very carefully paint it and add it to your teeth, and then they rinse your mouth out really good? Well, some doctors will even recommend to women that are pregnant not to drink it because it is t- harmful to the fetus. So, Well, hello, yeah. you know, and, and I... I have to say that I was one of those women that went through two pregnancies in the city of Linden. Thank you, Lord, that I didn't have any issues at all. But I also had a strong body, and we do have a somewhat of a self-cleaning system in our body. But we do also know that 50% of the fluoride does not leave your body. It stays in, and it's aluminum form, goes into brain cells and, and, and different things. So so I'm just wanting you out there, and even those of you on Facebook, just think about this a little more deeply of the the measurements of that. Because to think that if you're putting it in an, an infant or my little two-year-old granddaughter is drinking a big cup of water and I'm drinking a big cup of water, we're not getting the same amount in our bodies. I, I was, like I said, one of my interests was peaked as a water operator, and my smelter was mentioned in some of those uh, readings that I read. It was interesting to find out that the testing that this uh, Dr. Molnix performed was similar to the effects that these guys were seeing in the lawsuits Um, and some of the animals that I actually saw on site, uh, pigeons flying into the rooms and not being able to escape because they were drunk with chemical. Um, It's the same type of tests that she was performing. She was seeing the same results. I, I found it interesting, a EPA uh, chemist, Dr. William Hersey, did, did a famous quote, um, if fluoride gets in the air, it's a pollutant. If it gets into the river, it's a pollutant. If it gets into a lake, it's a pollutant. But if it gets goes straight into your drinking water system, it's not a pollutant. It's amazing. If, so right. very sarcastic comment by him, but it's just, it's so true. Yeah, and he's the one that wrote a... Two hundred. I didn't know. Why just match the name up with what you just said? I <laughs> I went in this morning and saw this lawsuit of two thousand and thirteen, and um, it was it was it kind of was chilling. I just was you know scrolling through it, and I thought I'm going to print that out. And I went. My my printer was going absolutely berserk, and I went and saw that it was two hundred and fifty four pages. I'm like, stop, stop, don't 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 print anymore. It was William Hersey. Okay. Imagine that. That was the, it, it, There was a lawsuit against the EPA. Well, there's many, and there's actually an active one now, which I couldn't find exactly that one, but I know one of my team that we're doing this does. Now, Devin, what is crazy about this is go back to these this 30s where, where they were working to get this and sell it off to us in our water, and they hired their own little gaggle of scientists Tell us a little bit about the history of how it came about that all of a sudden they decided, and then the propaganda, and then the news hit about how this is safe. Well, big corporations back in the day um, were besieged by uh, 
Congress and the media because of worker safety and health conditions. Um, so the big corporation organized a group called the Air Hygiene F Foundation, which was headquartered at the Mellon Institute. And they uh, basically were contesting uh, different elements, uh, different substances that were harming workers like asbestos, etc. Um, and the smelting plants were brutal with exposure of chemical agents, uh, especially fluorides and carcinogens. Um, health effects were effect, uh, were being affected by workers they were uh, in the surrounding plant areas, farmers and the grounds around there. So um, they, they did these studies and hinted that, that it might be good for too strong teeth and bones. Hinted. Hinted. Mm -hmm. And so this institute took it and ran with it. They basically um, used it, um, used these studies through different towns and communities saying that it promotes stronger teeth, uh, which uh, ingesti ingesting it does not do that. Um, orally, yes, it, it will kill uh, bacteria, enzymes. If you rinse it around of orally course. and your mouth spit it out. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. but ingestion does not produce any of those effects. So. We they are back at a break already. Told you this goes fast. It's like <laughs> zippity-doo-dah. Okay, thank you. We'll see you in a minute. For 77 years, DeWard & Bodie has been the largest independent appliance and mattress retailer in Whatcom and Skagit counties. But being bigger isn't always better. Being better is better. That's why DeWard & Bodie doesn't only bring you the largest selection of appliances, the largest team of professional in-house service technicians, and the largest fleet of delivery and installation teams. They bring you the absolute best the best reviewed and the most reliable major home appliances, barbecues and mattresses from the industry's leading brands. They service the products they sell with factory certified technicians, keeping you covered with worry-free warranties up to five years. Plus, they offer professional delivery and installation and they'll even haul away the old stuff. Shopping at DeWard & Bodie means supporting local jobs and families. It also means supporting local charities through DeWard & Bodie's Charity of the Month program. So when you shop here, you're making an impact. Thank you for 77 years of continued support. DeWard & Bodie, your original local appliance store since 1946. Dewey Griffin Subaru is driven by one simple concept. If we all give a little, we'll all have a lot. This month, they're shining a spotlight on the hard-to-adopt alternative Humane Society foster pets in need of loving forever homes. Open up your heart and home to an underdog on National Make-A-Dogs Day at Dewey Griffin Subaru on Sunday the 22nd from 11 to 1. Meet many of the alternative Humane Society foster dogs, cats, and kittens available for adoption. Plus, there will be a pet food drive with chances to win your pet a prize. The Dewey motto rings truer than ever. Kindness, care, and safety have never been more important. Stop by Dewey and check out all the new Subarus and support a local dealership that gives back to our community. From the Ascent to the Outback, Forrester, Impreza, and the all-new Crosstrek, a Subaru from Dewey Griffin will get you and your family where you need to go safely. Dewey Griffin Subaru, community-minded, community-driven, and the only Subaru certified tire and service center in Whatcom County. Staying connected with your community each Saturday at noon with KGMI's Community Connection as local business leaders share their expert advice. Sponsored by Dewey Griffin Subaru. Ferndale Downtown Association, Lydia Place, UA Local 26, and Lorraine's Window Coverings. Community Kin, Saturdays at noon on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham, and KGMI.com. 
the latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Tired of inefficient heating, poor indoor air quality, and rising energy bills? Contact West Mechanical today to explore going ductless with a system from Mitsubishi Electric Heating and Air Conditioning. Find them at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. CBS News Special Report. Trucks carrying humanitarian aid crossing into Gaza, the BBC's Debbie Ross reports. 20 truckloads of aid have crossed into the Gaza Strip through the Rafah checkpoint on the Egyptian border. They're the first humanitarian supplies allowed to enter since Israel tightened its blockade of the territory two weeks ago. But first, the trucks are being inspected. The UN certainly is present there, so they may want to carry out those inspections. Uh, And then, you know, this is all going to take time because they've got to get the stuff into Palestinian um, lorries so that can, it can then be distributed. The BBC's Tom Bateman. The aid comes as regional leaders are attending the Cairo Peace Summit. We're now calling for, and what we have been calling for for a few days, is to lift the total siege that has been imposed on Gaza for now almost two weeks. She is with the UN Relief and Works Agency for the Palestinians. CBS News Special Report. I'm Linda Kenya. Saturday Morning Live. My name is Becky Taylor, in case you've just started tuning in uh, online here or in your car. And I am in the studio with Devin Crabtree, um, who has worked in an aluminum smelter for, had had worked for 20 years, and now he's in the water industry. And he has done quite a bit of research on water fluoridation. And it's it's time to kind of break the news after all these years of propaganda that this this fluoride in water is somehow good when we drink it and what the actual truth is that they're finding out in the lawsuits that have come out the toxic about it and while before I before we continue on in our conversation before the break if you have any questions at all or if you would like to call into the studio 360 676 KGMI, Phil, you'll have to figure out what those numbers are. <laughs> I think it's 5646. Is that right? Uh, 5464. 5464. 676 5464. Okay, thanks so much. <laughs> yes. Um, I remember my grandma's number was EM217576. Back in the day where you didn't even have numbers. But anyway, okay, back again. Oh, sorry. KGMI, 676 KGMI. Feel free to d- call in and comment or have a have a question for one of us or for Devin we'll see if we have an answer so let's go back to this now we're back here in the 30s these guys are doing these studies and they've hired now this these are the industries hired their own people to do studies to try to prove that this is safe so let's go from there yeah we just kind of touched on it It was the Mellon Institute that these industries had hired or put together a researcher named Gerald Cox uh, was given a lab and he tested fluoride on rats and announced the chemical was a mystery factory in protecting teeth. Um, By 37, him and another scientist had declared in the scientific press that in the Journal of American Medicine that the case of fluoride should be regarded as proved. Uh, In 1939, they made the first public proposal in a meeting with the American Water Association to add fluoride to public water supplies. Uh, 
just a note that by that it had changed a workplace poison uh, into something that protected teeth. So, that to me is the first baffling real reality that how how can you possibly do that? Um, you know, how can you? That's a good question. Um, thank you for the, you that just called in. I, I'll I'll try I'll address that in a second. But thanks. Um, you know, how could you possibly? all of a sudden turns something that is so toxic that has to be cleaned up into a public proposal to put in public water because of a rat inconclusive rat study? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, That's the million-dollar question. Mm -hmm. All I can say is that there was uh, a lot with the war machine and as many smelting uh, and companies running and using fluoride, there was a lot of people getting sick. Mm -hmm. And they were worried about the lawsuits because there would have been thousands of them. And to use that as something that's safe and that promotes strong teeth and bones back in the early days, mm-hmm. um, it, it helped them in all their, their cases. Because now they can go in their cases that people are indeed becoming ill. Now, mind you, this is, this is, this is happening in the 30s where these – um, you know these these smelters are seeing people and animals very deeply affected by this. So here comes the study. Here comes it introducing it into the public proposal into water in 1939, and then all of a sudden they're like, "See, the cities are putting it in their water. It must be safe." Yeah, the, and you can really, if you know, it really sounds like a conspiracy, if you, you think about it, to make something that's so poisonous safe. But if you look at all the lawsuits and you just follow those trails, it points right back to these cases. It points right back to the element of fluoride used in these smelting. And it's throughout big industry. I mean, I'm not going to name names, but it's uh, through car companies to paint companies, on and on and on. It's a well-used chemical. So, mm. so you, you talked about um, when you were working at the smelter that the glass on the windows, this is just from <laughs> what was released in the air. Talk about that. That, that to me, kind of gave me, like, kind of raised my hair a little bit, like, whoa. Remember I mentioned that in the late 1800s, they used it to etch glass. Well, the smelter I worked at, it basically turned all of our glass into fog. It would turn it white, um, didn't, like I said, I didn't think about it at the time. It wasn't until I had read, you know, more about fluoride, mm-hmm. what it would do, the corrosiveness uh, that it produces, that it rang a bell for me. So. And that was, that was in the time when they were, um, what was that? Scrubbing. How, it was. Thank you. Yes. That was the word I want. They were scrubbing it at that time, yes. and it was still, whatever remained was still. Oh yeah, being there's, released. There's a lot of. Um, that material around the site so like i said the scrubbing will protect it from leaving the site but not where workers work well i could see then why they would get so ill if that was still around and thank god that you have you are yourself well and hopefully will continue to be well after working in a an environment such as that but then we we still turn the turn the dial over and go well wait a minute they still are giving it to us in water. Now, back then, so here, let's let's talk a little bit about, now, this is where they're kind of proposing. It's now in the water, and all of a sudden this 
this overflow of toxic waste is now packaged up, made pretty, put a pretty smile on it called fluoride, and then now it's starting to go into the dental industry to where dentists are learning that this is a very safe and effective way because right now in our own city, Devin, we have a, a dentist that comes in and he he is adamant that he does not want to remove this from our water and and he brought in um, people that none of which were in you know deni- doing dentistry in Linden, but he brought two people all the way up from Seattle even and then had others come in. A nurse came in and was saying, well, all these children of low income, their teeth were horrible, and I think we need to keep this this fluoride in the water for the health of the children. <laughs> and I'm like, talk to me. Just just banter with me back about that because I kind of it, – it, it, it chived me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Well, these the same institute and uh, other institutes back in the day actually promote it through the American Dental Association, and that's – some of the some of the people that studied this, the toxicology um, labs that studied this, in the smelters, uranium smelters, et cetera, um, promoted it through the ADA, uh, through the institute there, which taught all these dentists the safe and effective use of fluoride in, in drinking water and orally, that it would promote, you know, your teeth from decaying. Mm-hmm. And... It's not true. Uh, it is topically. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it etches glass. Mm-hmm. So it's going to kill any enzymes in your mouth or bacteria. Mm-hmm. It works that way. Mm-hmm. But ingestion, it's never been proven by drinking the substance that it would promote strong teeth. You know, and I, I told the story last, uh, last time I was on the show that I rolled over my own tube of Crest, and it said, call the... Um, Call the poison hotline if this is ingested. And I'm not going to lie. I told I, I told on myself. I actually called it and said that <laughs> I wanted to find out what they were going to say. I wanted to find out it and say, well, I have grandchildren, and if they ingest a whole bunch of this, what's going to happen to them? Because, you know, children and toothpaste, and, and they're like, has one of your grandchildren done that? They're, they're like, we are very familiar with this call. So obviously they have had other poison children getting poisoned by toothpaste, and it's not the mint in the toothpaste. It's not the it, it's the fluoride yes. that's poisoning a child if they if they take it and ingest it. So what is that telling us about the water we're drinking now? But yet you know here's the argue. But yet it's just so little parts per million, and it's just down so small. Well, during you drinking that one glass of water, yes, it is. It is, but we have to worry about um, the fetuses. We have to worry about our children. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I worked in one of the most toxic environments, you know, there is when it comes to fluoride. And the bodies are amazing. We mm-hmm. we can shed this stuff off. We can get rid of it. It doesn't take from the fact that it is poison, and it does have an effect on um, infants, uh fetuses, mm-hmm. uh, women, uh, and men. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? Uh, there's no reason to be drinking it. Mm-hmm. So, Well, we established last time because there are studies of bone cancer in young men 
that they're finding that that is, I don't know why men are more affected than women, but that bone cancer uh, were shown up in young men in cities that were fluoridated versus cities that were non-fluoridated. And I'm not going to make any claims or any medical claims about this, but I did have a question. Do you have any stats showing damage fluoride has done to the people of Linden? And no, we don't have any research or any studies, but we do know of, you know, situations that were not friendly to some young men as well that had some bone cancer. So we're not saying that this was it, that was that, but... But the, but the the case is, why haven't there been studies? Yes. I mean, I, yes. That, that's the big thing. Yeah. We know that it's toxic. We know it's a poison. Mm-hmm. So why haven't there been studies on communities that are drinking fluoride versus the communities that aren't? Amen to that. Why? And with that, we're going on our last break, and it's, we'll be right back. Mother Nature's hotline. Yes, I would like to file a complaint. The summer was way too hot, and then poof, it's into the 50s. Can't you permanently set the weather to sunny and 75 with a slight breeze? I apologize, but unfortunately, that's not how the weather works here at Mother Nature's. Then what am I to do? I'm always either too hot or too cold. Well, we refer all these cases to Linden Sheet Metal. They can't control the weather, but they can certainly help better control the temperatures in your home, so it's always just right. Yes, thank you. Cancel my complaint, please. You're welcome. Oh, and I do recommend you call right away as fall is already here. At Linden Sheet Metal, our mission is to keep your home comfortable year-round with furnaces, ACs, and heat pumps from top-rated equipment like American Standard and Mitsubishi. You can't go wrong. We have equipment in stock, and there are rebates and low monthly payments available. Linden Sheet Metal, serving the Northwest for over 80 years. Listening to KGMI and playing a grand in your hand gives you a chance to win $1,000 every weekday. But what if you don't? Well, you're still eligible for the second chance drawing. Playing a grand in your hand, presented by Neater House of Luxury, automatically qualifies you for a second chance drawing. A prize package totaling more than $1,200 with a weekend getaway at Lopez Islander Resort and Blackout Golf for 10 at Volley. Visit KGMI.com for details. In the shop. And I saw a little headline that says, uh, how much does it cost to replace the Ford F-150 Lightning's battery? I thought, that ought to be interesting. Kurt from Angler, Brian from Dr. John's, and Dan from Bellingham and Burlington Automotive. cost around, are you ready for this? 30000 bucks. Join them on In the Shop, 9 to 10 a.m. every Saturday on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. bit i'm hoping that um for one you that you're if you live in a city and you're watching this uh maybe a replay of this on facebook that you're gonna call your city water district and say is there fluoride being added to my water um because it was seven of us women well i was brought in a little bit little bit late to the late, late to the game but boy they brought me in and i'm like Oh, I, I, I lit on fire over this one because my family is in Linden and my, some of my grandchildren are in Linden and I don't like that my young children, grandchildren are drinking fluoridated water. Well, they're not allowed to anymore. But um, so the question 
we posed just before we took our break, why aren't there being studies done? In, I mean, real detailed studies done of, of children's um, in fluoridated areas versus non-fluoridated areas. And, you know, we do have fluoride flowing in our Nooksack River already, naturally yeah. occurring. Yeah, that's an inter- they like to throw that um, in our face at times, people that don't want it in their water. Um, it's naturally occurring. Well, did you know that if it's too high concentrated in naturally occurring fluoride that they have to treat that water to remove it and that some water systems are so high and contaminated with fluoride that they're not allowed to drink it? Mm. That, that's huge. Uh, we, sh- we should have a choice. Yeah. Um, if, if they, if, you know, we all should have a choice. It shouldn't be mandated on us um, that you need to bathe, wash your hands, drink a chemical, a foreign chemical mm-hmm. in your drinking water. Mm-hmm. So. In the, I, I would think that the accumulation over the many years of the biggest absorptive, absorptive I hope that's a word, organ is we're, we're putting it on our bodies through these little parts per million, but it's only a few parts per million. That's what they, the dentists say, you know, but, but we're, we're bathing in it, like you said. And I talked to a, a water guy, which, you know, a Kangan water guy, God bless him, he guess was such a wealth of information. And he told me that, that even in the most expensive machine of, of, um, that you can buy to, to purify your water, that you can only get 40% of it out. Unless you use a very fluoride-specific filter, which is also very expensive. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, it, it amazes me that it, I would just ask that people do their own research. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Don't take your doctor's or dentist's word for it. Read, do the history on mm-hmm. it. Um, we're taught through schools, and it's not everything that we're taught is correct. That's true. And we should be we, – we go back to the choice. If you want fluoride – you have a choice. Mm-hmm. You can go to your dentist, mm-hmm. and they can give you medical-grade fluoride. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be injecting an industrial waste or a component of it into our drinking water and not be given that choice. Mm-hmm. So. I was able to talk to a, um, an employee of Linden City, um, and, 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 and that, that person said that, that this additive, additive is not a treatment for water. I want to really get that point across that, yes, when the water comes out of the nooksack and it needs to have the E. coli and other things taken out of it and make it palatable and, and, you know, for us humans to drink because our city water does indeed come out of the nooksack river, which already does have naturally occurring fluoride in fluctuating levels already. And so they need to treat the water so it can become palatable and consumptive. And I asked that person very specifically, is this hydrofluorosic acid that, that you are adding, and he's part of the water part portion, that you are adding, is it a treatment? And he said no. Not at all. No. Not at all. It is not needed for the treatment of water. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is only put in for dental, quote-unquote, quote dental mm-hmm. protection. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it, this is what, what chafes me a little bit is that um, dentists that will honor, and I, and I talk to you, dentists, with, with, with thank you for what you do for us and keeping our teeth healthy. I actually went because I got all of my 
metals taken out of my mouth and, and because it's also toxic that we didn't know that we were being poisoned by our own metal, you know, <laughs> amalgam, whatever those are called that get stuck in our teeth, that is that heavy metals, got all that removed. So thank you, dentists, for what you do. And, and thank you that when we come to you, that we do get a choice and you say, would you like to fluoride it? Matter of fact, most of them say, I recommend that you do a fluoride treatment in your mouth. And we can say, well, sure, thank you. Or we can say, no, thank you. I'd rather not um, do fluoride treatment. And then you honor that. But why are you coming to the city of Linden and forcing this fluoride upon the entire population of Linden and everybody that comes? That's why Anybody that comes to Linden drinks the water in their glasses or drinks, you know, goes to a restaurant, has a cup of coffee, they're consuming fluoride as well. So you are making a medical grade choice for an entire population and they're scrappy about it. They want to keep it in because the low income people don't have the money to buy dental treatment. That's their that's their reasoning. Yeah, that's totally untrue. Mm-hmm. They, they, they can be government subsidies, there's ways to do that without affecting the whole community. Mm-hmm. Um, there are programs out there that they they can go to their dentist and they can get that if they want that mm-hmm. for themselves. Mm-hmm. I know that I know of families that have moved, moved to other communities and that were so convinced that fluoride was good for them that they asked their dentist for medical grade fluoride for their children and themselves. Mm-hmm. That's a choice. It's a choice. And these little pink tablets that parents used to give their kids and make them chew up and eat, that still was a choice. Now, I, I, I actually never did that because, I don't know, I, I don't know if I was just a little bit more numb when it came to that. And I went, took my kids to a dentist in Everson who was absolutely fabulous at the time, who's now son is in the dental industry as well, who's very pro-fluoride and pro-fluoride in water as well. But, but we just want to kind of educate the community because the community of Linden and whatever your community is in, you can also gather together with a group of people and begin to challenge because it's not a mandate. It's not a, there are many communities in Washington State that do not, many water systems that do not add this to their water. Because guess what? We pay for it. And when I was talking to that city employee, I'm like, I didn't get the exact amount, but it's it's somewhere between seven and 10,000 or more. Imagine that. We are paying <laughs> a, a toxic waste company to deliver their toxic waste and put it into our water to give to our children and our... Be, because mm. they cannot get rid of it without paying heavy fines because it's a hazardous substance Mm -hmm. they are selling it to communities that is the and 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 people that understand this that have been now uh there's a there's a doctor his name is dr cole fluoridealert.org please go there fluoridealert.org there's pages and pages and pages and pages of science um that doctor is actually willing to fly into linden wow and do a face-to-face debate with one of the, the premier dentists that's fighting keeping fluoride in our water. <laughs> so we're challenging him to, and he said he would, that he, if he flew in and if he goes face-to-face, he said he would. So uh, that, that is going to be an all Linden thing because we want to continue to educate. That's how passionate we are because it's a choice that all the council members that 
probably most of them, some of them might have been barely born, 59, mm, they were, no, 1959, they were more than born. They were young, but they weren't seated in the, seated in that office at the time when Lyndon made the decision to put this in their water. But, and so we're not holding them responsible for the first decision. We're 100% holding them accountable. And you people that are, you know, listening to this online in your cities, you also can go and challenge and hold your council members that make these decisions about the water um, additives to take it back out again. So uh, I, I just feel like that is a, a great mission. And I, I appreciate Definitely. you, Devin, for having the knowledge behind it all of, like, you kind of give us the whoa, you know, <laughs> you know of, of it all. Well, when you deal with high concentrations of it through uh, the oil refineries or the smelting, um, you see the hazards mm-hmm. in high concentrations. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, I mean, it didn't dawn on me until I worked in the water industry. It's like, why are we putting it in our water? Why would we want to ingest this hazardous substance? I realize it's low parts per million, but it's still the same substance. We do not want to be ingesting it. So in high concentrations, it is, it's lethal. Mm -hmm. So yeah. When you said that, that the birds would fly through, do you, were were you the one that told me also about, and we're going to, we're going to, we only got about a minute and a half to talk in World War II, this product was given to prison. Where, where was that? It was given to prisoners to dumb them down, to calm them down. Because you talked about the birds being kind of loopy. And, yeah, they call and it a, it's fluoridation, uh, kind of a drunk, drunkness. Or, or, so we'd actually see birds that would land uh, in, in our smelter that would be lost mm-hmm. um, because they were drunk on this substance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the studies that were done by uh, Dr. Molnix was with rats was the exact same thing I was seeing in the smelter. So, it, you don't want that kind of substance in our drinking water. Yeah. So. Well, in closing, you know the the seven side effects that should be monitored is that um, that fluoride can cause skeletal weakness, neurological problems. That's all in the study. Um, high blood pressure and even seizures. That's just some of just the few things that that come out of the study of of excessive fluoride. And remember, it's not that one drink of water you're drinking. It's the accumulation of that over time. I'll give you a little story of before we had the scrubbers. In one minute. You got it. Um, give it to us. We had bir- the guys used to tell me that the birds would fly into the quote-unquote rooms where the smelting was taking process. They'd fly in one door. And they wouldn't make it halfway through, and they drop on the ground dead. Ugh. That's in high concentrations. Mm. So is that what we want no. in our water? That is not what we want in our water. Thank you for joining me this morning, Devin. I so appreciate you. God bless you all today. I hope you go have a great day. Do something that's meaningful for your community. And just know, America shall be saved. I believe it with all my heart and pray for our country right now. Love you all. 